0: It was a beautifully sunny and mild summer, just like any other in Colorado. Nestled near the Rockies, at the foot of the Great Plains, the birds were singing and the fields were growing lush and ripe by the day, with bumper crops of peaches, blackberries, cherries and cantaloupes. Yet there was something else growing amidst the fields of abundance. An American tragedy. A listeria outbreak, and the largest foodborne outbreak the U.S. had seen in over 25 years. A Center for Disease Control investigation linked to tainted cantaloupe traced back to a seemingly idyllic farm in Colorado. Officials investigated the farm's water supply and links to animals. This was the first known outbreak of listeria and cantaloupe, a bacteria normally tied to processed meats and unpasteurized milk and cheese. By December of 2011, the Center for Disease Control had closed its investigation. The Listeria outbreak, a serious infection usually caused by eating food contaminated with the bacterium Listeria monocytogenes, had spread to 28 states, causing 147 infections, 143 hospitalizations, and 33 deaths. But closing the investigation wasn't the end of the case. A pair of fourth-generation farmers were taken to court, facing up to six years in prison, The brothers were sentenced by a U.S. District Court judge to five years of probation, 100 hours of community service, and six months of home detention, and ordered to pay $150,000 in restitution each. By 2012, their farm had filed for bankruptcy. How could this happen? Was this all preventable? It turns out, it could have been. Hello and welcome to the Food Safety Dish, a production brought to you by the Local Food Safety Collaborative, a cooperative initiative established between the National Farmers Union Foundation and the FDA. National Farmers Union is a grassroots farmer-driven organization that believes strong family agriculture is the basis for thriving communities. NFU's membership includes over 200,000 family farmers and ranchers across America. Farmers Union's grassroots structure promotes locally initiated policy priorities and educational topics established by their members. Learn more about National Farmers Union at www.nfu.org. The Local Food Safety Collaborative's goal is to provide training, education, and technical assistance to local food producers. We partner with numerous agriculture organizations, academic institutions, and state farmers' unions to build fundamental knowledge of food safety and support compliance, with the Food Safety Modernization Act regulations, also known as FSMA, The LFSC has been hard at work for over five years. Some of our past and present resources include food safety plan templates, on-farm readiness review videos, farm tours and field days, podcasts like this one, and much more. I'm your host, Katherine Kavanaugh, Project Coordinator for NFU's food safety team. Today, I'm sitting down with my fellow food safety colleagues, Project Manager and Farmer Billy McCarthy and Project Coordinator Haley Wood. Billy McCarthy started as the Food Safety Project Manager at National Farmers Union in October 2022. He and his wife also run Crooked Fence Farm in Upper Co, Maryland, growing diversified vegetables, cut flowers, and rotationally grazing a flock of sheep and herd of pigs. Billy also has a background in nonprofit management and philanthropy and is dedicated to supporting sustainable family farming across the country. Haley Wood has been working in agriculture for three going on four years now. She started beekeeping in 2017, as well as working as an outdoor educator in different subjects. Haley dedicates a majority of her time advocating for farmers and is coming up on her second year of leading the Central Texas chapter of the Young Farmers Coalition. Some of her biggest values in agriculture are farmer and farmworker well-being, labor, environmental justice, and learning to be a better community organizer. As for me, I'm Katherine Kavanaugh. I studied business marketing, as well as community, environment, and urban planning at the University of Washington. I got my start in the agricultural world, working on an urban farm in my hometown of San Jose, California. From there, I went on to learn how to bake both bread and pastry and have woven in and out of my professional baking career over the years. I've worked as an educator for ages K through 8, developing curriculum and leading after-school classes that focused on practical skills, nutrition, and food education. My hope now is to help contribute to a more sustainable, equitable, and just food system in America and beyond. Altogether, we are the Local Food Safety Collaborative Team. You'll be hearing from our team as we progress along the podcast, adding perspectives from both the grower and food safety lenses. Welcome, team. Hello.
1: Hi, it's wonderful to be with you, Catherine.
0: Thanks for being here. Uh, We're excited to get this podcast going, so i say let's just dive right into it. Every year, 48 million people, or one in six people in the U.S., get sick. 128,000 are hospitalized and 3,000 die each year from foodborne diseases, according to recent data from the CDC. This is a significant and expensive public health burden that is largely preventable. The Food Safety Modernization Act was signed into law in 2011 by President Obama. It was the most sweeping reform of U.S. food safety laws in over 70 years, shifting the nation's food safety system from one of response to one of prevention. There are seven primary rules included within the FSMA. The Produce Safety Rule, which includes standards for growing, harvesting, packing, and holding of produce for human consumption, Preventative Controls Rule for human food, Preventative Controls for animal food, Foreign Supplier Verification Programs, Accreditation of Third-Party Auditors and Certification Bodies, Sanitary Transportation of human and animal food, and Prevention of Intentional contamination, and adulteration. We will primarily be concerned with things pertaining to the produce safety rule. This is the first ever mandatory federal standard for growing, harvesting, packing, and holding of fresh produce. And while some growers may be exempt from this rule, which we will cover in a later episode, we are here to help all growers understand and take action to reduce food safety risk on the farm. Why? Because produce safety affects all fruit and vegetable growers even if there is no regulatory or market pressure. Produce safety is still a critical matter because people will be eating their produce. All farms, regardless of size or scale, can reduce food safety risks. Growers are the key to produce safety on the farm, and decision-making is up to them. Since they know their farm best, they, alongside other major decision-makers on the farm, need to be involved in assessing food safety risks and developing the farm's food safety plan. Billy. As a farmer, can you share with us some reasons why food safety affects all of us and is something farmers should care about?
1: Absolutely. Thank you so much for that introduction, Catherine. And it's uh, wonderful to be discussing food safety with you all today. As I mentioned, my wife and I run Crooked Fence Farm in northern Maryland, and we grow over 65 different varieties of fruits and vegetables, different cultivars. And each of them have different handling needs, storage needs, and understanding all of the parameters around food safety really makes us better farmers. From a practical perspective, a strong food safety plan and a strong food safety culture on your farm means that you have a more organized farm. It means that we have a better sense of the flow of the produce on our farm, where we need to store things, how we can train our staff and team. And it does have an impact on our financial bottom line as well. Um, When we have a strong food safety plan, a strong handle on cleaning and sanitizing and organizing our harvest, our wash and pack, our food storage and our distribution, we can be confident that we're presenting the best product. And we're a community supported agriculture farm which means that we're serving over 100 families in our local community. And from a food safety perspective, we may not be covered under each section of the produce safety rule for a variety of qualifications and standards, but food safety is really important. We have a direct relationship with most of our customers and many other growers that we support and work with have a relationship with their farmers market customers, run a CSA themselves or you know, have some other direct impact on the food that is being eaten in their community. So keeping the food safe and healthy is really important for all of us.
0: Yeah, you're a great example of a farmer who is exempt from the FSMA, but also wants to, you know, make sure that your food safety practices are good and safe. Could you also share a little bit of some of the financial benefits of having a good farm food safety operation?
1: Yeah, I think the biggest thing with having a strong food safety plan and management culture is that you are getting better quality produce. You can sell it for a higher price. You know that it's going to last longer if you need to store it and distribute it in another way. And really, the process of going through setting up a, a strong food safety plan and management approach really has helped me as a farmer hone my financial management overall and increased my efficiency as as a farmer in how i'm managing staff in how we're doing harvests in how long and when and where we uh, store or hold produce and it also makes it more uh, available to work with a variety of different customers Uh, while we primarily work direct to consumer I know that food safety certifications, food safety trainings can open up other markets such as institutional buyers, school districts, larger grocery store chains, things like that. Some of those buyers will actually require that you have a certification under the produce safety rule. So it is a win-win all around.
0: Right. And those are the practical financial benefits. When you don't have to have a produce safety recall, those are, that's a whole other thing that we could dive into at another time. But obviously, there are benefits all around for that. Haley, can you share with us your food safety journey? How did your perspectives on farming shift or amplify once you found out about food safety? And why do you think food safety matters?
2: Yeah, I will start with my food safety journey I'm a first-generation college graduate and farmer, and I started my journey into the field right after college and continued in that path um, up until last summer. I've worked in food service industry jobs since I was in school, so of course I had a functional understanding of food safety in that context. But if you had asked me when I was starting out what niche I would have found myself in agriculture, I would have never guessed food safety, and partially because I didn't really... Know about the importance of it until I managed a growing space of my own. I would say it's not something people immediately gravitate to in the farm world. And when I started growing full time and managing a space, I worked with a district wide school farm program in Austin. I oversaw everything from breaking ground to harvesting to student lessons and tours and everything else that comes with maintaining and scaling up infrastructure for a garden space. And here, you know, in the field, we were intersecting with so much um, tough sensory interaction from the kids. So food safety was not just a responsibility, but it was a requirement. And this was the first time I ever went through practice gap audits, backwards and forwards tracing and regular updating of a food safety plan. I would say aside the regular requirements of growing I didn't see the beauty of it until I attended a seminar at a local conference. I was attending my first ever farm conference and went to a presentation with Lori Hawkins, who is a well-respected farmer in my area, and Billy Mitchell, who was working for NFU at the time. And I think he was a food safety trainer. They walked through how to make a food safety plan in this really fun and collaborative way. And I am a really detail-oriented person someone who loves organization and tidiness, so I think fundamentally I was drawn into some of the same elements that they presented in food safety. And when you're by yourself in the field, you don't always have someone to guide you through, especially if you are young or beginning in farming, um, unless you seek out the proper element of community. So I was really fortunate to see it through that lens with both of them and It helped me take pride in the work I was doing, not just as this very formalized and sometimes daunting obligation, but as a responsibility. And especially working with kids, it felt like another layer of responsibility as a grower, not only to to protect what I was growing, but to ensure everyone else was on the same page too. I think food safety is not just prevention. It's also community safety. Its health quality and its continuous improvement for your operation—all of those things are synonymous. And when we put that into other contexts, like uh, maybe a farm crew or different expressions of an operation, it's something everyone can and probably should get on board with. It's, you know, the pride of your whole staff or crew to take the proper steps—not just one person. It's a team effort, and so. I would say food safety has followed me out of the field too. You know, it poured over into every other part of my food journey when I wasn't operating in a farming growing space. Um, it definitely followed me when I was working in a butcher shop or working with goats. It was this big new secret that I had, and I totally got on board with the gospel bowl of food safety. It became fun. <laughs> and I think if it's important <laughs> to you, it finds relevance in the everyday life and it continues to do so for me, obviously. <laughs>
0: <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Well, you know, if it worked for Haley, it can certainly work That's for right. the people hopefully that are <laughs> listening to this podcast. So food safety transcends just itself. Do either of you have anything to respond to each other's sentiments on food safety or anything else to add?
1: I think the thing that I am learning more and more as we meet with folks and learn about all the different food safety projects and outreach that's going on across the country and as I hear you describe your journey, Haley, that there's all of the technical and very specific, scientific side of food safety, um, pathogens and storage temperatures and um, concentration of sanitizers in your wash water etc and those are all very important but it's really when we can link it to how food safety makes us better farmers better members of our community and makes a more robust and resilient food system which we've seen over the past years is more important across the country that's when food safety can really shine and it's The spirit that I hope we're all bringing from the National Farmers Union team as we're reaching out, recording these podcasts, visiting farms and connecting with folks to talk about food safety is that aspect of making a stronger food system and a stronger community through food safety.
0: Yeah, I think you said it really well, like the idea of shining a light on food safety, kind of demystifying it. As some of us know, food safety is not the most glamorous of uh, farm topics, but it is essential and foundational, and I think it can be one of those things that adds so much value to your farm and your operation. and also probably good to think about, you know, the spread of pathogens and viruses and bacteria, generally in society. You know, we're all seeing that in recent years with the COVID-19 pandemic, and I think you know those kinds of things are top of mind right now so hopefully with this podcast i think our goal is partially to talk about food safety in a way that is accessible that makes sense and that doesn't have too much technical uh, confusing language you know so that we that way we can reach people where they're at and hopefully make an engaging conversation that between our guests on the podcast and and the people that are listening so
2: yeah absolutely i would say um when i think back to being in the fields full-time having a podcast was maybe my closest friend some days when i was tending to vegetables and so having content like this that is accessible but is also doing the work of kind of demystifying some of these really technical and important aspects of farming can be a really helpful resource. I would have appreciated something like this when I was starting in my farm journey. And I think food safety generally can be a very uh, scary and sometimes inaccessible field to understand. Um, And likewise, because of those things, it's maybe not something everybody uh, gravitates towards. So generally I would say yeah, goals for this podcast. Mm. I hope that it is useful for folks listening, and that they find a piece of themselves or their operations in some of the guests and topics that we cover.
0: Mm-hmm. And also, just because you know you're a longtime farmer doesn't mean that you necessarily know. If- Good food safety practices, as uh, as mentioned in our intro, uh, the people that were liable for that huge listeria outbreak were fourth generation farmers. So it can affect people that have been in business mm-hmm. for generations.
1: So yeah, and I just want to echo what you were saying, Haley. And a podcast is always a helpful friend on the farm if you're weeding a really long bed of carrots, for instance. I can speak to that personally or you know, doing some other often repetitive farm task. But my hope for this podcast is, one, that it feels accessible and relatable. I think we've got a really fun team here at National Farmers Union, and we're going to be bringing on other partners that are on this grant with us. We're going to be bringing in other food safety experts. We're going to cover a lot of different topics. Some of them may be technical A lot of them will be really practical and relate to things that you might be doing day to day on your farm. Catherine has done a great job at queuing up a whole spectrum and swath of different folks and and ideas to be shared on this podcast. So we hope we can be a friendly voice in your ear while you're thinking about your farming operation or just dreaming about a, a way that you might improve what you're doing on your farm and that it might be applicable and relatable to the farming that you're doing out there, whoever you may be.
2: Yeah. thanks to Catherine for really opening up this conversation and creating this project.
0: Thanks guys. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I'm we're just trying to produce the media that we want to have in the world. So that's the goal here and hopefully it can be entertaining as well. That's, that's also a goal. Yeah, I guess with all of these things in mind, uh, I want to ask a final question to you all. This will be a universal question that we ask every guest that is here on our podcast. And this question is, is there a crop or idea that you feel most excited about that you think will help pave the path to a brighter food system in the coming years?
1: I can jump in on that. I am really excited both on this podcast and in the food safety work that we do at National Farmers Union to really focus on easy, simple, practical uh, changes. I can give an example that working with our partners, I learned about An inexpensive and easy to create hand washing station and i can already see how that's going to really help our farm crew and my wife and i have a better practice for not a lot of money and it will be exciting and engaging um, for us to do that project on our farm so i hope that as we're doing this podcast and as we're doing the work to spread the food safety knowledge and education that we're offering. Simple and implementable changes for farmers that they feel like they can see an immediate impact on their operation and their food safety right away.
0: Yeah, and great ideas don't have to be expensive either. So that's a great example of that.
2: I would say I piggyback off of that response. Um, I think similarly, I'm most excited to see, especially with our partners, that a lot of regional groups are taking time to train really specific areas of their community um, with accessible food safety knowledge. I think it's starting to show that food safety doesn't have to be this very standardized and um, maybe rigid structure for a farm. It can adapt to the needs and the um, profit you have, you know, to be safe on your farm. So I think the idea that regional groups and organizations are taking strides to bring in trainers, um, become trainers themselves, and to offer really tailored experiences to their local farms is something that's going to keep improving the lives of producers across the country.
0: Definitely. Yeah. And I, I think I'll just echo what all of you are saying. And kind of my take on this is I think that food safety and really thinking about that as a society as you know as an industry i feel like to me it seems like the best food safety probably emerges out of local and regional food systems like i guess there's probably a threshold of scale where things can get a little bit dicey which makes me think you know the better brighter more sustainable equitable and just food systems are the ones that are more local and mm-hmm. regional i mean we are called the local food safety collaborative after all so i guess that just kind of gives me hope to think that having better regional food sheds is kind of my vision of a brighter food and social harmony, ecological balance. And I think that food safety can, you know, this is a food safety podcast, of course, but I think um, that is a really big foundation of that because you want to have safe, healthy, and secure food. And I think that That is a really big foundation of that. So that's kind of what I would like to see in the coming years, better, stronger regional food sheds, and maybe we'll have a part in that, hopefully. I think all of us are kind of aligned in that sense. Totally. Great. Well, thank you so much, Billy and Haley, for participating in our first episode of the Food Safety Dish. I've really appreciated hearing your voices, and I'm really excited to hear about the things that you will help bring to the table and to the podcast in the coming weeks and months and dare I say seasons if we're successful of the podcast we'll see what happens
1: thanks so much much, Catherine.
0: Catherine yeah for sure To learn more about the Local Food Safety Collaborative and our available resources, check out our website at www.nfu.org slash localfoodsafetycollaborative, or find us on social media at localfoodsafety. Be sure to check out the Food Safety Clearinghouse as well for a large composite of food safety resources. And do you like what you hear? The National Farmers Union provides their members with educational resources to benefit their operations. Members of Farmers Union have access to a number of educational resources and opportunities. Learn more about the Farmers Union organization that represents your state. We invite you to join our family today at www.nfu.org join. And finally, thank you to our sponsor. This podcast is supported by the Food and Drug Administration of the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services as a part of a Financial Assistance Award, 2U01FD006921-03, totaling $1 million with 100% funded by FDA HHS. The contents are those of the authors and do not necessarily represent the official views of nor an endorsement by FDA, HHS, or the U.S. government. That's all for now. I'm Catherine Cavanaugh, and this is the Food Safety Dish. Until next time!